ויבואו בני ישראל כל הידעבד בארצים חודש הראשון וישב העם בקדש ותמות שם מרים ותקבל שם So Chazal say that there's some connection between the death of Miriam, the death of Miriam, and the pasuk that follows, which is Velo Haya Maim La'ida. It's a kind of a non sequitur. So the way to solve the problem of a non sequitur is to connect them, and and so Chazal connected them, and they said the reason for B is A. That because Miriam died, lo hayalahem mayim la'ida. Vayikahalu al-Mosheb al-Aharon. And they all got together and they took a stand against Moshe and Aharon. Okay. Rashi says, Vatamachab Miriam. You see the second Rashi. Lama nismecha parashat mitat Miriam le parashat paraduma. Right, first paraduma, then mitat Miriam lamalecha mako banot mechaprim af mitat tzadikim mechaperet. Rashi, Rashi never asked that question. Never asked the question. Laban is mechaparashat A to parashat B unless he has an answer. Right, it's not like Rashi is looking for a creative position. But laban is is a position that was adopted by Chazal. That sometimes, sometimes the siruf of parashiot, or the connection, the connectivity between parashiot is meaningful. Here, it's not so clear what exactly it means, but that mitat tzadikim b'chaperet, so that the, the, the death of Miriam should have been a good thing, should have turned out to be well. But actually, it doesn't, right? V'tamot shav Miriam, you see the Rashi? Afhi b'nishika meita. She also died. Mitat nishika, the death from the kiss of God. Uh, that that just means that you didn't suffer. So there are people who die. They that's fine. They go to sleep. They die. There are people who suffer. So mitat nishika is the meita without suffering. Afhi b'nishika meita. Afhi meaning uh, uh, like just like Aaron. So if she also died al pi Hashem, why does the pasuk say that she died al pi Hashem as it does with Aaron? That's Rashi's question. After all, a man, a woman, and, and there is this idea that that you, you, you know, you, the only thing we can do in order to understand anything about God is to attribute, is to be anthropomorphic. We have no choice, right? And so, uh, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, you know, the, the argument became uh, the Rambam's position, which was you don't say anything about God. You know, basically, I mean, you can say negative about what God doesn't do, but you don't say anything about God. And the Kabbalists, led by the Ramban, at least the way I 
you know, the way I learned it, who said that, well, you have to give it a special meaning. You have to accept the anthropomorphic nature of, of God. That's the only way we have to talk about it, right? We, in, in other words, the, you don't want to make God into a person, but there's no other language with which you can talk about God. So if you say, Hashem Ishmael Chama, uh, to, uh, to the Rambam, that doesn't make any sense. And so the Rambam will say, the Rambam will say, well, you don't mean it. You just mean that the result of whatever God did was, say, destruction. But that doesn't mean that God is a destroyer or that God has a hammer with which to destroy. Whereas uh, a Kabbalist would say, so, well, why use the word ish? And why think of Bilchama, right? Like, what is it that, uh, what's the special uh, uh, feature of God's presence in the world that is reflected in those words? So that, that it's, a, it's always an argument about words and the meaning of words. If you say, if you say that, that if you use the word metaphor, which is a, which is like, uh, the, like in Hebrew, uh, the Rambam uh, Rambam uh, wrote the Mori Nebuchim in Arabic, but the translation might say mashal or melitza. I mean, those are words that the Rambam liked. Uh, the words mashal and melitza, which, which mean, well, we, we, would say, we would say metaphor, which is like saying, which is saying, well, you know, the word means whatever you want it to mean. I mean, that's, you know, in terms of the dictionary, dictionary meaning, you just add meanings to the word, and, and we, say it's a, we say it's a metaphor. We don't say, I don't know what it means. We say, oh, it's a metaphor, which I guess is better than saying that you don't know what it means. So this is, um, so a- anyway, there's a little thing. Rashi likes to teach us things that we might not have known. And he says, I'm Rashi, I'm still in Rashi. Right? So that's, uh, I mean, I, that introduction was, you know, why it made sense to attribute to God masculinity and therefore you wouldn't catch him kissing a woman kiss God kissing a woman whereas with Aaron it was it was all right another thing if you uh, 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 a Litvak like you know if you're not you don't like the Kabbalistic twist of things so you might say well it's educationally important in, in other words the idea that that men and women should not get too close to each other, generally speaking, is a good idea. And you see it reflected here in this, in this, in this interpretation, right? It's like, you could call it educational. Like, uh, it's not about God, right? A Litvak position. It's not about God at all, it's about us. But what teaches us what to do is the way we understand this pasuk about this pasuk about God. Okay, then we're up to uh, we're up to pasuk bet. Veloya ma'im la'ida, veloya ma'im la'ida. Vayikalu al Moshe ba'laron. They didn't have any water. 
They didn't have any water. Rashi says, "Bikan shekol arba'im shana yalehem habe'er b'schut Miriam." Right. So Rashi says two things. Like if you wondered during the forty years when they were traveling around from one place to another in the desert. And if it's true that the desert, that in the desert you don't usually have a lot of water, so so uh, how they have um, how they have water? Question. So the answer is it's a miracle. It was a miracle because the, there's no other. In, in, in other words, like my my understanding of the physical reality doesn't give me uh, an out. I don't know how to put water into into the camp of of Yisrael as they're traveling around the desert. I mean, where are they going to get water from? So uh, it is true that here and there there are oases. Uh, how do you say that word in plural? Oasises? Oasis. 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 So 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 here and there you have water, but but Chazal took a different approach. Chazal said Chazal said it was a miracle. And they also said that it was Bishut Miriam. And that, like, we don't, except for the fact, except for the fact that when Miriam died, the Pasuk says there was no water, we don't really know what the Bishut Miriam is, right? Uh, you could say it. It's like not something that, that has a necessarily, the necessary has a raya, that has a proof. You say it was Bishut Miriam, because you know that it was Bishut Miriam. And so when Miriam died, that schut came to an end. Of course, this whole shot is wrong. This whole shot is, is wrong because they needed water. What do you mean, what do you mean Miriam died there, there was no water? So they all supposed to die? I mean, that doesn't seem to be the way it should work, right? They should, they should not die. They should continue to live. So, in Ebed, we have this problem. We have this problem. So they come to Moshe Rabbeinu. I mean, there's no water in the Be'er. There's no water in the Be'er. So the next Pasuk, Gimel Bayarev Ha'am Im Moshe V'yomu Le'mor V'lu Gavanu B'gvarcheinu L'fnei Hashemach Things are getting bad. So the people immediately, immediately come to complain to Moshe Rabbeinu Rashi, Velu Gavanu, Halavai Shegavanu, Begvachinu, Bemitat Achinu, Badever, Lamacha Mitat Sama, Megunemi Mena. All right, I don't know anything about that. I mean, you know, I was dying of, uh, because you don't have anything to drink, ain't no slim. That's what they say in the hospital, no slim. Problem of no slim. That's a bad thing. That's a bad thing, but it's more—I guess—it's more easily solved than other sicknesses. Bigva, shame davarhu, bigva. Rashi had this idea of grammar that's different than our idea. Shame davar means it's a noun. Kemobi mitata chinu, velo yitachel lefarshok she meitu achinu. When our brothers died, shame kain ayalo lehinakeid. Bigva. All right, I want to get into this. I want to get the grammar. Nobody likes grammar. Rashi liked it. Rashi liked grammar. You like it. Yeah, I like it also. <laughs> but nobody likes it when I talk about it. <laughs> so, okay, so I'll give it. So, so, so what was the situation when people came? People came to complain to Moshe Rabbeinu. It's always this problem about complaining. 
you know, you never know what people are really complaining about, what the real issue is, and what the issues of different people, what the issues of different people is. You know, you never know. You, you, you can't tell. I went this morning to picket in favor of Rabbi Lukstein. You know Rabbi Lukstein? Yes. He's a nice man. You do now. Yeah. So anyways, I went to picket. I'm very, a very uh, laid-back kind of picketer. I didn't do anything. I just sat there with my head, I mean, stood there with my head down. Didn't tell anybody what to do or what to eat. And I didn't yell at anybody. And I didn't know, I didn't know that the, uh, that the conservative reform uh, movements in Israel adopted this picket, which has nothing, absolutely nothing to do with them. Absolutely nothing. So they came with their signs, you know, conservative movements against the Rabbanut, which was, of course, the wrong idea. So somebody sends me Facebook. You know what Facebook is? I don't do Facebook. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. Why, why, why should I know? So they send me, they send me a Facebook of me standing in this picket in front of one of these signs. It looks like, like I'm picketing with, with this sign, you know. It's a course tool. You can't do anything anymore. You can't do it. Not only, you can't make a mistake. You used to be able to make a mistake and say, oh, you know, Let's go on. It's all recorded. Every mistake you make, it's like it's eight million people know about it even before you find out. It's like really remarkable. And that picture is forever. I mean, twenty years from now, people looking you up are going to find that picture. Yes, yeah, so I'm so happy about that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a few of those things people will realize. No, but they were. Their mom is not to say that. It had nothing to do with the conservative movement. That you know. I mean, this picket had nothing to do with the service. Did it have your name? It was what? Did it have your name? Who? Your name. Was your name, your name. On, the, on the... Oh, I don't know. And somebody tagged you? That's the... I don't know. Not yet. I, I don't know. I, I, if you didn't tag you, forget about it. I forgot about it anyway. What can I do? You don't fight hopeless causes. Yeah. <laughs> you only fight when you can win. So I thought that this was a good cause to fight. What was the cause? I the cause was that the Rabbanut, for some, or, uh, you know, it's like everything is hard to tell. The Rabbanut in Pentach Tikva did not accept a giur that was done by Rabbi Lutzstein. Stam, you know, I mean, it has a history. This has a history. Now, Rabbi Lutzstein probably has done many, many giurim over the years. And so that means that all the giurim that he did are now. I mean, it, it has no significance really, but it's, it, it is annoying to, uh, uh, if, you, if he was Maguire you 30 years ago, so you get up one day and you say, well... And there's all this food you can eat now. <laughs> <laughs> the only solace is that you're in the same pot as Ivanka Trump, you know, like... <laughs> <laughs> Terrible because I mean, she could not make Aliyah now. That's really terrible. Well, she, she could make Aliyah as long as she doesn't register the Misrata Pnim. That's disgusting. Okay, so this is. Um, so what happens? Well, we're proud that you went, even if you got photographed. We want to say that. This year, I'm going to be. Thank you.
I said I'm going to be vilified from all the... Uh, I don't mind being vilified for something that I did. Why should I be vilified for something I didn't do? <laughs> so, in any event, in any event, I, this be'er, so, so the Pesach says, Vayarif ha'amim Moshev yimru le'mol l'gavana b'gvarcheinu be'ashem v'lo me'veitem et ka'al ha'shem elamit barazel ha'mutshav anachtu be'ireinu. Remember that? that whole story, that they come and they complain bitterly to Moshe Rabbeinu because they didn't have, we're going to die. They said they're all going to die. So, they're right. If it were true that Moshe Rabbeinu brought them to a place without water, they're all going to die there. So it's a kind of a pointless exercise. What was the uh, what was the response ultimately? What was the response ultimately of uh, of uh, Moshe Rabbeinu of God to this complaint? You remember the cellar, the rock. Moshe Rabbeinu took a staff and he hit the rock. <coughs> so it was like like Moshe Rabbeinu showed them. Well, you know, one miracle could be replaced by another miracle. It's not like a it's not like a real, a real problem, but if you assume, as I do right now, I'm assuming, that it was, it was inconceivable. The whole story is inconceivable. That, uh, that uh, the Be'er of Miriam was the only source of water, and that Be'er, and that Be'er disappeared, and everybody was going to die. Which is also inconceivable because they complained they, they got another miracle out of the deal. I mean, the whole, the whole story remains, remains a little bit unclear. A little bit unclear to me. Right? So I just want to remind you. I want to remind you, if you look, we're looking at this sheet. We're looking at this sheet. <coughs> so you see. Uh, you see gray sheet, paragraph out of the top of the sheet. There's a story about Avram Avinu. The story about Avram Avinu was that by the beginning of Perak Yudbet in Breshit, there was a famine. And, and, and for some reason, Avram Avinu chose to go to Mitzrayim to avoid the famine. I say for some reason, because after all, Avram Avinu was very close to God. And God directed Avram Avinu to go to Eretz Canaan. And why would it be that the famine would be able to drive him out of, of the land? He should have had, one might think, that he should have had uh, uh, confidence that God would make it possible for him to stay in the land. Also, we haven't heard that all of the Canaanites left Canaan to go to Mitzrayim. It would seem to be something that, that Avram Avinu did. In Mitzrayim, Avram Avinu got into a little bit of a, a problem with his wife, or because of his wife, or because his wife was as she was, <coughs> he had to lie. He had to, had to say that she's my sister, and she's not my wife. However, that, that whole story turned out, um, it was okay at the end. He, he was uh, granted a lot of privileges and money and, and stocks and all of that. So, and then, uh, he left. 
he's not leaving the tribe. And you know, there's this story about, about Avimelech and Avram Avinu signing a covenant. Somehow they made peace with each other after this whole story is over. And, uh, and then, after the peace was made, after the peace was made, you have this pasuk, Berk Berk Kaval Pasuk Kavei, Vochiach Avraham et Avimelech. Now that they are friends, good friends, Avraham uh, decides to decides to tell Avimelech something that's on his mind. Al odot be'er hamayim shegazlu abdei Avimelech. The the Avimelech men stole a be'er mayim. I mean, how you do that? I don't know, I guess you take a big rock and you put it on the well, you put it on the well, like, like in the, you know, when, uh, with Eliezer and Rivka and then Yaakov and Rachel, right? there was, you, you, you could establish, you could establish Baalut on a well by making it impossible for anybody else to get to the water. Or I guess you could have Shmirah, you could have somebody standing around. But, but you can establish a, a Baalut on a well that is built in the middle of nowhere. Uh, so so he's, he, the Torah uses the word gazlu. It means that Avram Avinu, he dug the well, and somebody else came and made it, made it impossible to use the well. He's like righteous. And you never said anything. Here we are friends and we made peace and, and uh, we got together. Why didn't you tell me about this? The second time they, they, they get together, the lovey dovey. Why did you put them aside, these seven Shepsalach, Asher Tzavta which you put away on their own? Here I'm giving you this, and, and you'll admit when somebody asks you where you got these Kvasot, you say, Well, these Kvasot are what Avram Avinu gave me because he dug the well. He, he uh, you accept this obligation. You know, it's publicly, publicly admitting that the well belongs to, to Avram Avinu. This is a well-known story. Eretz Plishtim, Eretz Plishtim, you know, is on the coast, right? It's like Ashdod, Ashkelon, you know, Gaza. That's Eretz. That's Eretz Plishtim. Eretz Plishtim is an interesting. It's itself an interesting story because the Eretz Plishtim was not conquered by David Amelech. David Amelech, who conquered the greatest amount of Eretz Israel, in fact. Even a little more, because David Amalek conquered Aram Tsova, right? The Golan and, and, and Syria, <coughs> who were also conquered by David Amalek. And the Gemara that's called Kibush Yachid. Kibush Yachid, it's called, the Rishodim say it's called Kibush Yachid because David Amalek, he should have, 
conquered those parts of Eretz Yisrael that were promised to Am Yisrael before he went to conquer something that is outside of that promise. But he didn't do that. He went to conquer the Aram Tsova before he had conquered all of Eretz Yisrael. So one part of, er of all of Eretz Yisrael that he did not conquer is the Eretz Pelishtim. And, the, and that plays itself out against the background of this story. Where, most, where Avram, Avinu, Avram Avinu went around in Eretz Yisrael and sort of like established some sort of dominion on this place, on that place, on the other place, but he could not establish dominion on Eretz Plishtim. Eretz Plishtim, there was a, an agreement, a covenant between Avram Avinu and Avimelech <coughs> in which Avram Avinu gave up ownership on, uh, on, uh, uh, on Eretz Plishtim and that is represented by the Be'er. The Be'er is certainly is, becomes a, a kind of a border, right? Up to here, Avram Avinu is similar to what happened with Yaakov Avinu, right? Yaakov Avinu when he ran away from Lavan and then they put up these stones, they put up the Yigar Sahadutso, that these were the, this witnessed, uh, created a boundary between the land of Lavan and the place of Yaakov, right? So this, that happened on the east, right? Up north, east, right? In the direction of Babylonia. Whereas here, <coughs> we have the Eretz Plishtim delineating the time of Avram Avinu as belonging to the Plishtim and not belonging to him, Avram Avinu. The what? Is that what it says? My yoga Abraham bears Plishtim Yamin Rabbim. Oh, you wouldn't know about Be'er Sheva. Be'er Sheva and Eretz Plishtim. I, I don't know exactly what the boundary is. I know that Eretz Plishtim became the coast, right? what we call Aza today. Right? That was Eretz Plishtim. And here it seems that it went up to Be'er Sheva. Avimelech was the king there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yes. Where exactly does it say that um, in exchange, uh, in the contract, that Abraham uh, was giving up all future claims on, on, on the coast? Where did it say that? No, no, it doesn't say that. Oh, I thought you, I thought you said that. No, I'm, I'm just saying it's, it's like a, a metaphor. Oh. In other words, instead of Abraham Avinu going around <coughs> and the others, Avram modeling for Yitzchak, modeling Yaga, taking pieces of Eretz Yisrael. In other words, God promised that Eretz Yisrael would belong to the descendants of Avram Avinu. But God also said that Avram Avinu should live in Eretz Canaan. Live in Eretz Canaan probably means that he would be able to get a piece of it. Like there'd be some place that would be his where he could live and nobody would fight, and that was true about Yitzchak, we'll see in a minute, it was true about, about Yaakov. So if Abram Avinu is, is, uh, is making a covenant with uh, one of the people who should be kicked out of Eretz Israel eventually because they were idolaters, then it, it, it would seem to be counterindicated 
and it uh, it creates a certain kind of limit which which is reflected in history. That's what I meant to say. It wasn't just that Avram Avinu uh, made this agreement with Avimelech Melch Plishtim, but that this agreement held, and David Avimelech was unable to conquer the Plishtim. Right? You remember that. They stole the Aron, and uh, they couldn't. They couldn't find out uh, where it was, and finally they got it back. <coughs> but the Plishtim were unconquerable. They were unconquerable. So now, if you want, you could make a connection, right? You don't want to. You don't have to. That's okay. Okay with me. Uh, all right, Rashi. Uh, Avram Avinu gives up Eretz Yisrael twice, right? You remember, you remember the story with Lot, right? So he and Lot, he and Lot agreed. It was Lot may have been part of the Haftacha. When God promised Avram Avinu that his, that the generations would inherit the land of Israel, well, that might have included Lot. I mean, Lot was, after all, a close relative. <coughs> but at the end, at the end of the story, Lot gets his part of Eretz Yisrael, and Avinu has the rest of it. So that's the first time that Avinu seems to be giving up Eretz Yisrael, or part of Eretz Yisrael. And the second time that Avinu gives up part of Eretz Yisrael is, is here, in this story. But there's one more story that you have to, that you have to remind yourself of. And that's in Perikavav. You see the second source on the page? So this story takes place. You remember that Yitzchak, Yitzchak, there was Vahira Av Ba'aretz. And Yitzchak, who was uh, absolutely devoted to anything that his father would teach him, right? It says it several times in the parish of Akedat Yitzchak. Means they were of a like mind. How can two people be of a like mind? Well, whatever Avram Avinu said, that God said, for, 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 for Yitzchak, it was gospel. Maybe that's a bad word in this case. <laughs> but, but, but Yitzchak accepted it. He was Yachtab. He was 100%. He didn't ask a question. Right? The question that he asked had nothing to do with whether he was accepting of the idea. Right? So, so that was Yitzchak. So Vahira Abba Aris in the days of Yitzchak. So Yitzchak looked around, he said, what should I do? I should do what my father did. What did my father do? He went to Mitzrayim. <coughs> so Yitzchak's on his way to Mitzrayim. And God stops him. And God says to Yitzchak, Gur Ba'aretz Hazot. Gur Ba'aretz Hazot. Unlike Abraham. In other words, like God says to to Yitzchak, whatever Avram Avinu was supposed to accomplish by going to Mitzrayim and coming back from Mitzrayim, that he did. You don't have to do that. You inherited that. It was you inherit. You inherited that accomplishment, so to speak. You don't go to Mitzrayim. You go to someplace where there's food, but don't go to Mitzrayim. So he went to Eretz Pelishtim. He went to Eretz Pelishtim, and interestingly, I mean, something to think about, but we're not going to do that now. A similar story takes place for Yitzchak and his wife as took place for Avram and his wife. And Yitzchak taking the lead from Avram who lied about 
the exact status of his wife. So we don't know exactly what that means. You know, Near Eastern scholars have, have uh, uh, ventured the opinion that, that an achot, that the use of the word achot, a sister, is a kind of a, a certain different status of wife. Like there are different kinds of wives that people had in those days. <coughs> the primary wife and then the, the less important, less important wives, right? So they know Shlomo Melch had a thousand wives without a cell phone, <laughs> right? I don't, know. I don't know how he did that. <laughs> how can you do it with a cell phone? What, what, oh, you see? What, what's up? It's what's a challenge. What's up? What's up? You do a what's up. <laughs> I'm now walking from uh, the kitchen to the dining room. Whoever, whoever finds that meaningful do something. So Yitzchak, <coughs> Yitzchak was really like his father. Yitzchak was like his father. He said, Achoti. It's, she's not my wife, she's my sister. And then what happened, happened, and Yitzchak, and Yitzchak benefited from it. But Avram Avinu was in Mitzrayim, and Yitzchak did not leave Eretz Canaan. Of course, the Eretz Canaan that he did not leave is the, was the Eretz Plishtim, which according to the Haftacha, with the promise that God made about Eretz Yisrael, that's included, it just happens factually. The fact is that they were not able, they were not able to, uh, to do that. So the Pesach says, the Pesach says, Kol ha-beirot asher chavru atei aviv b'mevraham aviv sitmu plishtim v'yimalum afar. So you see that the story with Avram and Avimelech, where they were korate brit, they, they made an agreement, that story has not ended. That story has not ended, but it goes on. Sitmu plishtim. The only way to undo a bear is to stop it up. In, in other words, a be'er, apparently, is something that people know about. You know, a be'er is, is, um, is recognizable. It's a nekudat siyum. I learned that in the army. Nekudat It's like, you know where you are, right? You look at this pile of stones. Oh, I remember this pile of stones. That's how a be'er is. A be'er is like a pile of stones. Awesome. A what? Milestone. A what? A milestone. Milestone. Yeah, but it's for a mile. I mean a landmark. Yes. Then we have this. We don't know what's really happening. I mean, it's all telescope the story, but a little bit, a little bit. No. Vayom Avimelech El Yitzchak. Don't ask me about the name Avimelech. You know, shades of, of Yitziat Mitzrayim, or of the slavery in Mitzrayim. Like, like Avimelech realizes that Yitzchak, if, you, if he doesn't do anything, Yitzchak is going to take over. He just, because, whatever, because. I mean, whatever that is. So Nachal Gerar, Gerar is, is, is the name of the city that uh, is a Philistine city, right? Nachal Gerar, Rashi says, Rachok Minair, right? The people lived in Gerar, and he went to Nachal Gerar. It's often the case that you have some kind of a, a river. <laughs> it's not like, a, it's not like in Russia, where the river, you build the city on the river, and so all the cities in Russia 
are on rivers. Or in, the river is in the city. Like that's the, that was the shita. Here, since the rivers don't stay filled with water, they built it a little far, farther, further away. So that was what, that's what Abraham, uh, what Yitzchak uh, uh, did. Pasuk Yitzchak. He went and he dug up those wells over again, the exact same wells. Because, because it wasn't the water that he was looking for, apparently. He was looking for a well that, that, that indicated something, indicated an agreement, indicated, indicated a border that had been established. It didn't matter to him whether there was water in it. But he had to unstop it because a stopped-up well was not in use. It didn't do anything. Didn't say anything. Didn't convey. Didn't convey a, 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 a message. Uh, okay. So Rashi says. Rashi just adds. Pasukut chet vayasha vayachpor habeirot. He dug the wells again. Asher chafrubi meavraham aviv. The Philistines stopped them up these wells. So there were wells in Gerar that belong, or next to Gerar, that belong to, that were the wells that Avram Avinu had dug. Now these wells, uh, uh, Yitzchak was leaving, he was on his way out, but he wanted to make sure that these wells that acted as signs of border, border signs, would be effective again, so he dug them. They dug them up. Okay, by shemot aviv. Also, I guess meaningful, something meaningful in that world. Not only does the well exist, not only does it produce water, but it has a name. It has a name. By aviv. I don't know who heard Yitzchak calling it this name. But I guess there were people who did. Pasuk Yutet vayachpura abdei Yitzchak v'nachalintzu sham ve'er mayim chayim. Oh, that's good. And so abdei Yitzchak, abdei Yitzchak, chafru vayachpuru abdei Yitzchak v'nachal. You know, nachal grah. Vayintzu sham ve'er mayim chayim. So you know there are two kinds of wells. There are two kinds of you dig a hole in the ground, and sometimes you put the hole in the ground, you call it a bear or a well, but what you mean is that it's a cistern, like it's going to collect water. So it rains in the winter, and the water collects, you, like you, you take whatever, lime, you, you, you line the, out the, the walls of the well with lime, and, and so it's more or less not porous, and the water uh, is saved there, but from time to time, you're really lucky, and you dig a well, and you know, and you find water. You find really a water, a water source which you didn't know was there. Running water, like it really, like keeps running into the well. That was too much, too much for the grarites. By, you know, they, 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 
Yitzchak discovered this, this wondrous thing of Be'er Ma'im Chayim. So Vayarivu Ro'e Gra'ar Ro'e Yitzchak Le'imor, they fought. Just like, just like Lot, did I, we talk about Lot? No, I didn't finish. But just like Lot and, and Avram Avinu, his shepherds fought with his shepherds over the, over the land. Here they fought over the water. It's our water. What are you doing holes in our, in our place? Rashi says, like, like to deny, to deny somebody else's clay. They had a fight about it. They had a fight So they dug another well, right? And they called it Sitna, which is some kind of a word. Right, in parentheses, he says Nezek, damaged. It was like a place of, of damage. So, okay, okay, so, <coughs> so, there is this story about a well. But a well, as we saw, we learned, wells are, are the thing that mark, that can be used to mark a boundary between one side and the other. When there is an agreement about land, and for the Avot, there were two agreements, or three agreements really made. Avram, and we can include Yitzchak now in that agreement with Avram Avinu, and then Yaakov, his agreement with, uh, with Lavan. So that's, that's one of the things that a well, one of the things that uh, a well can do. Um, okay. So let's now turn the page. Let's turn the page. Um, just one second. This parsha, Az Yisrael Yisrael et Ashira Hazot. After the story of Miriam, and after the story of Moshe Rabbeinu hitting the rock, right, and causing great uh, distress for himself, remember that uh, it's not clear. It's not clear what it was that Moshe Rabbeinu was punished for. Moshe and Aaron. Moshe went to the rock, and he hit the rock. And, and, uh, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu said that this caused a Chilul Hashem. Uh, so Chilul Hashem is hard, hard uh, to, to, to find. But why was it a Chilul Hashem? All the Mephoshim as the Barbanel at length says, nobody expects water to come out of a rock if you hit it. 
So if water came out of the rock when you hit it, uh, why is that a chilol Hashem? Everybody understands that that had to be done by, by God. Exactly. Only God could make water come out of a rock. <laughs> she says, it makes the miracle, it lessens the miracle, less miracle. That if you talk to a rock, if you talk to a rock and water comes out, that's a nine-point miracle. If you hit a rock and water comes out, that's only a five-point miracle. That's what you said? I don't know. It's hard for me to understand that. But I think the, I think the Abarbanel is right. It was not only the Abarbanel. It's not only the Abarbanel. The other uh, the, the possible answer, the possible answer is that uh, Hashem said to Avram, to Moshe Rabbeinu, take the mate. And by hitting, uh, and the mate was something that Moshe Rabbeinu used when miraculous events were taking place, so that why wouldn't it be reasonable for Moshe Rabbeinu to interpret to mean use the mate? Use the mate as you use the mate in the in the makot uh, in Mitzrayim. So use the mate here in order to get in order to get uh, uh, water out of the out of the rock. Uh, there's a there's a is uh, a comment by Rav Yosef Albo, who wrote a book which is called the Sefer Ikarim. The Book of Principles, in which he explains what happened. You know, like, explains what happened. But it's a very nice, a very nice comment. What what uh, Yosef Alba says is this: When the people came to complain to Moshe Rabbeinu and to Aaron that they didn't have any water, and that Ma, uh, that Moshe Rabbeinu took them out of the tribe, or they should die here in this place. <coughs> So Moshe and Aaron run away and went to the Oral Moed to seek God's uh, advice. He said, that was the Chilol Hashem. And he compares it to Yoshua bin Nun. He, Rabbi Yosef Albo, right? Compares it to Yoshua bin Nun that when the, uh, when the day was, was going down, Right then, he was waging a battle against against the eye. He knew that if night fell and he hadn't won the battle, that he would be in trouble militarily. So, without hesitation, according to Yosef Elba, without hesitation, Yoshua said, "Shemesh begivon dom v'yareach be'emek ayalom." He didn't say to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, let's talk this over. Maybe there's some other solution that's possible. But Yoshua bin Nun said, this is the only solution, and I'm sure that God will make it happen. And that was a Kiddush Hashem. That was a Kiddush Hashem. The fact that Moshe Rabbeinu showed everybody at that time that he was not able to stand up to the pressure of the people who wanted water, who wanted water, that, uh, that, 
That was the chait. That was the chilul Hashem. And to that, I would add, I would add just one thing. I, in my opinion, uh, we'll see that my opinion is that uh, there was water. There was water. So what was the bear of Miriam? I mean, there was water. I don't know where there was water. There was water someplace. You know, there was like, uh, there's a place. I remember when I came in Aliyah, when I first came in Aliyah many years ago, we used to go visit Kibbutz Yavna, something. Kibbutz Yavna, they had a special place. You went this way and that way and the other way, and you get to a faucet, and out of the faucet came soda. There's soda like water with bubbles in it. This was like a great thing. This was a great thing because it was secret. Like, you know, people just came by, they didn't know where it was. You had to be really on the inn. There was water. <coughs> there was water. So what was the Be'er of Miriam? Rashi says in two or three places that the Be'er of Miriam rolled along with B'nai Yisrael. Wherever B'nai Yisrael went, the Be'er also went. The Be'er of Miriam. It doesn't mean that they were, that was the only source of water for B'nai Yisrael. It meant that there was an ongoing miracle. There was an ongoing miracle, the Be'er of Miriam. So why do you need the ongoing miracle of the Be'er of Miriam? Why do you need the ongoing miracle of the Be'er of Miriam? Because, because the people had to be reminded that there are permanent Be'erim or Be'erot waiting for them in Eretz Yisrael. In other words, that Miriam Miriam was the one, Miriam was the one who, who saved Moshe Rabbeinu, who brought, uh, uh, who was responsible in some way for Yitziat Mitzrayim, who was interested in bringing them, making sure everybody would go to Eretz Yisrael. So what was it that was the siman for everybody to see that they were going to go to Eretz Yisrael? The bear of Miriam, because the bear of Miriam was not a well, according to Rashi, was not a well that existed for water, there was water, and there was a bear of Miriam. The bear of Miriam was a bear that rolled along with them. It went with them wherever they went. That's not a bear. That's something that highlights the fact that they lived in the desert, a place where there is, are no wells, and they were going to a place where there, there was a well. So in this pasuk, in this pasuk, I just want to tell you uh, one thing. Pasukkah. I mean, you know, always these things are difficult words. What's the Pisgah? A Pisgah is a high place. Nishkafa. It looks down upon Pnei HaYishimon. What's the Pnei HaYishimon? Rashi says, Nishkafa. Otaha piska, that high place. You see the Rashi, the end of the Rashi? Al peneha makom she shmo yishimon. Right? It looks down upon yishimon. Vuhu lashon medaber shahushimam davarachem. Right? That, uh, another interpretation. Vinishkafa ha be'er al peneha yishimon. That the be'er is kind of looking down on the face of Yeshimon, it was like hidden away in the 
see alongside Tveria, Vehaomed Ala Yeshimon Mabit, and if you stand on the Pisgah, on the Yeshimon, you can look Vero Ekemin Kivara Bayam, it looks like a, a Kivara is a, you know, bees, bees are in a Kivara. Well, it's a Yeah, like a Napa. Yeah. But a Napa with big holes in it. Uh, it looks like you could see it. You could see it. So that, that these words, Nishkava, Panea, Yishimon, are difficult, but it says that, the, that the, uh, the well, Miriam's well, is in the sea alongside Tveria. From which the Shulchan Aruch says, <coughs> you see, the Shulchan Aruch, Asul Asot, the last source, Asul Asot, Shumulachakot Mishyabdil. Right, that's how we pass it. We don't, we, you don't do Mulachad, Mosei Shabbat, until, until you hear Havdalah. Vim Hivdil Bitfilah, Mutar, and if you dab Marv, so when you dab Marv, Zayatachan Otanu, Zayatachan so then you can't do, you can't do Mulachad. Right, Mutar. Even though there's a separate obligation to say Havdalah on a coast on wine, right? Which is also what we do. Originally, the Gemara says in Brachot that some people did this, some people did that. They were poor, they couldn't afford more wine, and so they, they didn't do it on a coast. But it, it resolved itself ultimately that everybody does Havdalah both times, both in Marib. If you dab mar, like men dab mar, women don't usually dab mar. <coughs> but if you do, you have to say Abdallah. And also say Abdallah ala kos. Vim sarich lasot alacha kodm shivdil betfilah, omeh abdeh ben kodesh ben chol, below bracha, vosem lacha. So there's a liberal position here, little position in the, in the Shulchanach. If you don't, if you have to do melacha and you didn't say Abdallah, so okay, just say Amabdil because the whole everybody knows that trick. Hago, right? This is what the Ramos says. What the Ramos says. Nashim women who don't dab marit. That means you have to teach them. She yomru Amabdil ben Kodesh Tachol. Call them she asum melacha. V'yeshomim. The kolzeh b'melachat mura kidon kotei v'areg abal hadlakat aner ba'alma ohotzaat meotzav mishun dusha means like if you <coughs> if you do uh, these kinds of melachot enterich lazeh you don't have to say do havdalah u'mizenit pasheit listen to this mizenit pasheit there are more nit pasheit aminhag lakel shemadlikim neirot miyad shamru. Akahal Baruch Right, there's this Minhag, uh, uh, you know, the shul, it was dark. And they taught me Marev. They taught me Marev. So, so the Chazan says Baruch and the do-gooders run around the shul and they light up, uh, they light up the candles so that you could see. Okay? Miyat Shabruach Akahal Baruch Hu Aval Aikar Kisvar here, this is where, where we, we're interested in. Lidlot Mayim Bekol Motzei Shabbat. There are those who say that you should go out and draw water every Motzei Shabbat. 
right? Every Motzei Shabbat, you should like draw water, to have new water uh, to drink. Ki shel Miriam. So they've called Motzei Shabbos. Kol HaBe'erot. Because the well of Miriam on Motzei Shabbat goes from well to well. Kol HaBe'erot. Umi and if you happen to be there at the right time, in the right well, at the right time, and you get the water out of the well, Now this is a little tricky, because it doesn't say that if you drink water from a well on Mosei Shabbos, you'll get well. You'll get well. What it says is if you drink water from the well, that the that the bear of Miriam happens to be in, then you'll get well. But you'll never know. You'll never know, as it is with most of these things. So it's Laura the Ramah says he couldn't put up with it. Even though the Ramah was a great fan of Minhagim, and he put in all the Minhagim that he could find into the Shulchanov, but this was too much. Right, etc., etc. Now, what is the, to my mind, what is the important thing here? What is the important thing? It is, it says, Yesho Rimli Glot Baim Mikol Motzei Shabbat. Ki Be'erashel Miriam Sovev Kol Motzei Shabbat Kol HaBe'erot. In other words, as Rashi said, I told you Rashi said, that the Be'er of Miriam rolled around, rolled around from one place to another, and that the Be'er of Miriam represented, <coughs> the Be'er represented that they were not in Eretz Israel, and that the existence, when the Be'er of Miriam disappeared, it continued to exist. It didn't exist in the camp of the Jews, they had water from other sources, including an alternate miraculous source. It was as though the people said, we were saying, you know, we left Mitzrayim and we were, we're supported by God. We don't need the water. It's not the water of the well of Miriam. It's the miracle of the well of Miriam. We are going to Eretz Yisrael because, <coughs> in part, because we feel we've been led to believe that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is watching over us and will bring us there. But that includes all these signs that we have, the, the man and the Be'er of Miriam, which uh, the Be'er of Miriam is that miraculous, <coughs> that miraculous event that goes on all the time. So it's as though, so when they took that away, the people came and complained to Moshe Rabbeinu. So Moshe Rabbeinu said, okay, I'll show you another miracle, a miracle which will indicate that God is still with us. It never said later on that Moshe Rabbeinu did that again, that he had to go and hit the rock, you know, every day in order to get enough water to, 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 for people to drink. It wasn't the water that was an issue, it was the miracle that was an issue. And, and, uh, and that miracle, that miracle was taken away from B'nai Yisrael and replaced by some other miracle. But what happened to the miracle of, of, uh, of the well of Miriam? Well, it had another purpose as well. The well of Miriam was supposed to explain or, 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 or uh, convince, explain to B'nai Yisrael 
that they were not in the right place, that the desert was not the place where you could dig a well and have Mayim Chayim and have a place which was worth fighting about as Avram did and Yitzchak did and finally Yaakov did. <coughs> it wasn't that kind of a, wasn't that kind of a well. And to remind us, somehow the, 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 the Medrash accepted this idea that the well of Miriam, the well of Miriam, did not disappear from the created world. You know that in Pirkei Avot, in Pirkei Avot says in the Pirkei, in Pirkei Avot that ten things were created, Erev Shabbat, Ben Hashmashot, and one of them is Pi HaBe'er. One of them is the Be'er, the, the well of Miriam. And if it was created, Erev Shabbat, Ben Hashmashot, that means it's part of the created world. It wasn't what we usually call a miracle that comes and goes, but it's something that's there all the time. And so there's a minhag, the Shulchan Aruch says, even though the Ramah rejects the minhag, but the minhag is based on the idea that the well of Miriam must be somewhere. It can't be nowhere. But it's not, it's not in a well. It's not, the Be'er of Miriam is not in a well. Wells are things that you can identify and you can... Uh, uh, feel and come close to and, and, and you recognize your connection to the land through the well. I mean, that's what, that's, what, uh, uh, that's what a well is. And so you could talk about the fact that Avram Avinu built two kinds of things, right? He built wells, which had more to do with uh, boundaries, and he also built Mizbechot. He didn't build Mizbechot for giving sacrifices. You look at the parasha of Lech Lecha Vayera, you see that Avram Avinu never actually gave a sacrifice. Even though there were sacrifices given by Adam Rishon according to Chazal, and about from Kain the Hevel, of course, that's written in the Chumash, and Noah, but not Avram. He didn't give a sacrifice. It's like itself an, an interesting mystery. But he did build altars, and altars are things that are hard to take apart. They're there. They get you back to the place. They're a, they're a, a siman. They're a siman. So that the, the altar signifies the place where uh, you had some contact with, Avraham had some contact with the Kaddish Baruch Hu, and the Be'er, and the Be'er represents the delineation of Eretz Yisrael. Adkan, it belongs to me. Mikan Bahala, it belongs to or to somebody else. And the Be'er of Miriam indicated to B'nai Yisrael that as long as they were in the desert, they were in the wrong place. And so the, 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 the B'nai Yisrael, the, the, the people of Israel wanted very much, they couldn't understand that the Pia Be'er was created Erev Shabbat, Erev Shabbat. So what happened to it? Well, where is it? So it must be in a place, but it's not in a well. It's in a sea. It's in a place where the which is completely different. There's only, there's only uh, uh, water. And even though the Ramah rejects the Minhag, he quotes it. Interesting, like there are different levels of rejection, right? You know, you could reject something and never mention it. Or you could, you could say, I know there are people who say this and this, but I say that, right? Then you're already giving FaceTime. That's a Facebook word. No, it's a some kind. Of, it's a phone word. It's a phone. A phone word. You're giving FaceTime to the other opinion, right? You don't want to do that. You can learn that from Donald Trump. 
he never does that. Never makes that mistake. Okay, so that's the that's the story of the well of Miriam, or part of the story. On the flight back from our destroying the uh, Iraqi reactor, one of the pilots quoted was the uh, Yeah, well, yeah. because he was up in the air. I don't know what. Because he knew that he was saying, pretend not to be religious, there are no non-religious Jews. Well, is there any connection between the fact that Miriam suggested to put Moshe in the Nilos in water, while she ain't my Moshe, Moshe ain't I'm sure there is. It's your Jerusha. Ah.